Crackdown 3. Quack, quack, mother ducker! That's right, everyone. We are back to talk about Crackdown 3 today. And that is going to be our Wednesday episode for this week. I'm your host, Derek, for The Blaze Experience, as always. This is episode 69 you're joining us for, so we're almost at a big 70. That'll be this weekend. Our next podcast will be Saturday. We'll be back to talk about State of Decay 2 once again. So the next stream that you can view after hearing this I might stream uh, Thursday night. That's probably the next time I might be streaming. And then I will be streaming the finale of Crackdown 3. So if you missed it, then you can definitely go back and check that out. Because I haven't officially beat the game yet, but I'm very close to beating it. So I will be streaming the finale. And then this is potentially going to be the last Wednesday episode of the podcast. Um, Basically, I've been talking about it. And once we hit our one-year anniversary... There's going to be some changes in the scheduling and everything, so this could be the last uh, Wednesday episode officially, or it could be the last one for um, a good period of time. But, you know, the podcast isn't going anywhere, just I'm going to be restructuring some things, so. Uh, But hopefully you enjoy this episode, and we do have a guest back with us to talk about some Crackdown 3 today. This is a guest that you've definitely heard before. This is his record 11th appearance on the podcast. And his first time back on the podcast since episode 54, which was two months ago. Please welcome Monty back. How are you, Monty? Hello, yes. I'm I'm well, thank you. It's been a couple months now. You know, it's been a while. Yeah. It's just been head down, getting getting on with work, you know, as is February and January. Yeah, we last talked about the Sea of Thieves Shrouded Spoils, that big content update. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a while. It has been. <laughs> What have you been up to for the listeners? You know, the listener, I know, obviously, but the listeners don't know, so. Oh, no, it's, um, I haven't really been up to much. Um, haven't been playing too many games. I've, I've started up a bit, uh, playing a bit of Elder Scrolls Online, which is, kind uh, that's all right. And I'm finally, finally playing Doom, even though I was in the beta for that, I haven't played this at all, so I'm finally playing Doom. Oh, nice. How are um, those, both? Um, yeah, no, they're, they're both, they're, they're both good, because um, I was into WoW for a bit, so playing Elder Scrolls Online is interesting, so I've seen the differences. But Doom is Doom, it's amazing. Yeah, see, I was huge into Skyrim, but I never tried the online. I'm kind of just waiting for Elder Scrolls 6, so... Which would just be Skyrim 2. <laughs> well, maybe, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, when Elder Scrolls 6 comes out, I'll be playing that for a while, so that'll be my big game for the year, probably. <laughs> I'm sure everyone will. Exactly. You know, we'll see when it comes out, but hopefully, you know, maybe, I don't know, 2021, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> That's my guess right now, but we'll see. Fingers crossed, right? Exactly. But you got into some Crackdown 3, though? Yeah, no, I, I've, between my busy schedule, I've been jumping in into some Crackdown, Crackdown 3. And have you played any of the previous versions, uh, 1 or 2? I have not, no. no this is the uh, first Crackdown game coming into same here so i didn't really know the franchise beforehand but you know i saw the whole terry cruz advertisement there and you know it made me kind of want to jump into the game i'm sure it happened for you too so any game with terry cruz i'll play <laughs> exactly 
So, I mean, he definitely sells it pretty well. You know, his advertisements are pretty funny. So I'm like, why not? I'll, I'll give this a shot. Plus, it's on Game Pass. I mean, if it's on Game Pass, then why not give it a try, right? I mean, if you already have Game Pass anyways, why not give it a shot? Exactly. Yeah, free with Game Pass. So before we get into any of the details, you know, what's kind of your first impressions of the game? Did you, you know, like it? Did you not like it? Uh, did you find it okay? Um, I liked it. Uh, I, I think I was a bit wary of it because it reminded me of two other games. Um, it reminded me of Saints Row 3, which was an amazing game. I love that game. I played so much of that. Um, and Sunset Overdrive. Um, which I I finished. Sunset Overdrive was alright, but it didn't do quite as well. Yeah, I had a friend say it reminded me, reminded him of uh, Sunset Overdrive as well, so it seems like that's kind of a common thread, maybe. Yeah, so I, I was just wary of which side of the fence it was going to fall. But I, I think it's fallen more so on the uh, on the Saints Row side, which is good. I, I've been really enjoying playing. Yeah, so have I. I mean, it's one of those games that, like, it's been getting a lot of bad reviews, which I should say at the top of the show, you know, uh, there's been a lot of bad reviews out there. You know, people have been trashing on it and stuff, which I don't really understand because it seems like they maybe just didn't understand, you know, what the expectations should be for this game. I mean, I went into the game not really expecting much, you know, just expecting, okay, I'm going to jump into this game. You know, it's it's free to play for me because I'm on Game Pass, so... I'm going to jump into it, see what it's like, and see what happens. And it kind of ended up being one of those games that's like sort of stupid fun. You know, one of those kind of games where you just jump into it. There's not a ton of thinking involved. And you just kind of, you know, go around shooting things and just have have a blast with it. And that's kind of what I got out of the game. You know, I wasn't really expecting like, oh, man, this game's going to have amazing graphics or this game's going to have a super awesome story. Like, I just went into it not really expecting much out of it and I think if you go into it not expecting much, you're going to get a lot out of the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I went into it having only seen the first trailer for it. So that was everything I'd seen for the, for the game. And I knew Terry Crews was in it, but that was it. Um, but no, actually going into it and playing it, I really enjoyed how open and free and just, you know, sandbox fun the game is. Yeah, it really is open, too, because, I mean, you have so many different objectives you can do, and you can do anything you want at any time. Like, you can even fight the endgame boss early if you wanted to, because I actually heard in a podcast that someone accidentally beat the endgame boss early, and they kind of, like, you know, they could still play the game afterwards, but they already had the endgame boss done. It's interesting. No, I I like how the, the game's open to be played how you want to play it. Right, I agree. No, it's definitely a fun game, though. I mean, I there's obviously the two different modes. There's the campaign and wrecking zone, which we'll talk about both of those separately. But um, I would say the campaign was a lot of fun, and I would say wrecking zone was the complete opposite. <laughs> um, I think I'd 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 agree. Wrecking zone. Um, so I I personally played more of the campaign. I really enjoyed the campaign. I didn't get far, but I was just messing around and having fun. Um, but Wrecking Zone, I enjoyed my couple of games that I, you know, I played a fair few of each each mode. I'll talk about in a moment. But it was it was just there felt like no progression, no rewards, just no incentive to keep playing it. Sort of thing. Right, and I guess we can kind of get into Wrecking Zone first here. Um... I mean, Wrecking Zone, like you said, there's no progression elements to it at all. So 
you're basically just, you know, playing games over and over again with no progression at all. So you're not like trying to unlock skins. You're not trying to unlock new abilities for your character. You don't unlock anything at all in this Wrecking Zone match. And it's a five on five match. And kind of like the draw of this match that they're trying to draw you in with is the cloud destruction where like anything can be destroyed. And I will say at least this has going for it. That was actually pretty cool. I don't know if you like destroyed some of the buildings and stuff, but when you shoot the buildings and things, it actually destroys them. You can see the little particles falling off and it actually looks pretty cool. So I will say that works pretty good. Yeah, no, I, I did really like how destructive and interactive, well, I say interactive, how destructive really, uh, the world is. Um, the And the maps were interesting. I quite like the maps. Um, there's not tons, uh, but the maps that are there at least have some interesting elements to Yeah, I think I saw three different ones in my time playing. How many did you see? I must have seen four or five. Okay, I thought I'm I think sure I saw I about saw. three. I think there's like a blackout zone, and there was like a Greek type map where like um I played the uh, territories match and like a Greek type map. Mm. I had like some you know Roman architecture possibly yeah, no, or something like that. Yeah. So there's no, a couple there's... of different maps I played. I mean, there's not a ton of them, but um they seem cool in some ways. But what I will say about the maps is they don't stand out too much because. With the destructive nature of the multiplayer wrecking zone, they're all kind of just digital. So, like, it feels like you're just kind of in a digital blueprint where, like, the map's not finished. It's just like a digital blueprint that someone, like, okay, well, you know, this is halfway done. We're not going to finish it the rest of the way. So, like, which I understand why they had to do that for the destruction element, but it does leave the maps feeling kind of bland in a way. I don't know if you felt that at all. Yeah, um... It makes me think of a couple of things from other games. Firstly, uh, if you've played at all, at all um, Warframe with these uh, simulacrum, I can never remember how to pronounce it, but it's sort of like a digital just training zone. Um, so it reminded me a bit of that in the sort of textures and stuff. It, it was odd, because there seemed to be parts of it which they did texture, and then parts they didn't. They right. sort of just gave it this digital theme. So it felt like the maps weren't ever quite sure of what they were trying to be, um, whether they were trying to go for this digital theme or if they were trying to go for, you know, the Roman or, Gre or Greco-Roman sort of styles to them. Um, so the, the maps felt a bit odd, um, but when you were actually in there playing, um, Sort of, you were obviously focused on playing the game mode, so it didn't didn't matter too much, but it was nice. No, I agree, and I will say with the cloud destruction too. I mean, as good as it looks when it happens, like the match happens so fast, and the cloud destruction really seems like it does nothing for the match itself because you're in this five on five match. You know, say you're playing the Asian Hunter one where you're trying to kill people you're focused on trying to kill people. So you're not really paying attention to the destruction around you and the destruction around you really does nothing for the match at all. I mean, the most it ever does is maybe in some rare situations, you can kind of punch through a wall and kind of like hide for a second to get your health back. But that's like all I really found that actually changed the match at all. I did find definitely in territories, it changed things up a bit. Um, I, I don't know how much territories you played. Um, but I, I played a few games of each. Yeah. I found I preferred Territories. Territories was definitely more enjoyable for me. Um, 
the territories when you were holding on to points and people could shoot through walls and stuff and just completely knock down buildings, it could change the point over the short time that the point was open. Um, so there was a bit of interesting things to it. And if you were shooting at someone, you could shoot through, you know, shoot a wall down and then shoot them. But I think there were a couple of moments where I was, it's not very clear which, which walls you can destroy and which you can't, because there are a couple which you can't. Well, I think you can destroy any walls, just some of them have a little bit more strength to them, where it takes it, more yeah, shots it, to kill it. It, yeah. it, may, it may be that, just it wasn't very obvious which was stronger. Which right. Was yeah, because I believe it's supposed to be anything can be destroyed, just I think there are some walls that are stronger, because I tried it out for a little bit in one match, and I shot one of the stronger walls for a while, and it ended up starting to break apart, but it just take, took a little while, so. Yeah, that, that may be it. It's... And you have a couple of different guns you can use, too. It's not, like, the same amount of uh, gun variety that you have in the campaign mode, but you have, like, a decent amount of guns. I mean, you have, like, your typical, you know, shotgun. You have, like, a machine pistol. You have um, a plasma rifle, I believe. And then you have, like, some rocket launchers and stuff. So you have some decent variety you... of guns. You also have the minigun as an option for your primary weapon, which I found is easily the best option for primary weapon. I agree, yeah. The only problem with the minigun is it takes a little bit to charge up, but once it charges up, it's awesome. But even when it's shooting slow, it's still doing pretty much the damage of a plasma rifle. So you might as well just take the minigun, because it's not that inaccurate. It does a lot of damage, and if you don't kill them immediately, you're going to be shooting so many bullets that they're not going to be dodging much. I don't know if you found any other primary or secondary weapons that you enjoyed, but I found that the minigun was just slightly overpowered. I mean, it's good when it charges up a little bit, but the problem is people can dodge out of the way of that so fast because it takes you so long to, like, charge it up. So you have to be kind of, you know, locked on at a distance, I think, where, like, they don't really notice you coming. Because if they know you're there, I don't think it really works as well in a, you know, one-on-one face-to-face fight. So... I did kind of enjoy the machine pistol, even though it doesn't do a ton of damage. It's pretty versatile where you can you know get some shots off really fast. So I ended up going with the machine pistol and then I think um, the homing rocket, I believe, one of the rocket launchers. So yeah, yeah. I think it was kind of like a good combo, I think, where I had some good close range stuff and then I had the rocket launcher where I could shoot them off at the distance. I think pretty much every person was using the homing rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, I didn't see anyone not. Um, but a- another thing I really like, I-, I did really like about Wrecking Zone was the mobility of it. It reminded me a bit more of Warframe, getting green that up, but so there's so much mobility to it. So there's vertical depth as well as sort of horizontal depth to the maps, which is nice. Yeah, I-, I think it has a little bit of depth to it. Just for me, it didn't really have a lot of replayability because I. Basically, the breakdown for me, I've played eight hours of Crackdown 3 so far. I played six hours in the campaign. I played two hours in Wrecking Zone. And honestly, after my two hours in Wrecking Zone, I don't really feel a desire to go back to it. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but after two hours, I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like, I don't really feel a desire to ever go back to Wrecking Zone again. Yeah, no, it's definitely one of those game modes where play two hours. The two hours will be fun, but you won't really have a reason to play it again. Right. Which, for me, the campaign is the opposite, because I played six hours in the campaign, I want to go back to the campaign right now. Like, the campaign was fun for me, but Wrecking Zone is like, oh, man, I, I really had to go back and play another match of this? Like, oh, man. How on earth have you beat so much of the campaign in six hours? <laughs> um, I played uh, with somebody else, so I played some co-op. All right. All right. I, ha- I haven't yeah. played any of the co-op campaign. 
yeah, I play co-op with a friend, so that's how we got through a lot of it faster. But <laughs> we'll get into that soon, though. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But one of the things that's very important to note with Wrecking Zone that is part of why it kind of tanks so bad, in my view, is there's no multiplayer with friends. So, like, if I wanted to play a game of Wrecking Zone with you, Monty, I can't do it. Like, you literally jump in with randoms every time. You you can't actually invite a party member. I don't know if you tried, but there's no way to do it. And I, I, I almost tried to join your co-op campaign game, but no, I, I haven't tried to play any multiplayer with friends. Yeah, so in Wrecking Zone, there's no way to do it, and I don't understand how in 2019 you don't have that option. Like, this is an Xbox exclusive, and you have no option to have an Xbox party join a game with you. I mean... That seems really stupid to me because any other multiplayer game has that feature. How does this game not have that feature? Wrecking Zone, I think it's the sort of game mode that currently is very bad, very bad moments. But with a couple of reworks and updates, it could be really good. So some big game, sort of big game battles, things like you know, not quite battlefield sizes, but sort of maybe some of the old Halo sort of big game battle styles. That could really improve it. Even just a small rework of the loadout screen, because the way you choose your weapons is cycling left and right, which can be a pain in comparison to the campaign weapon choosing, which is just a screen and it shows you all the different weapons and it tells you what they do. And if they just use the campaign style instead of the wrecking zone style, that could just make... It's just small ease of life things that could really improve it. See, I mean, for me, you say a couple of small updates can improve it. For me, it, it Wrecking Zone needs a complete overhaul. Like, the only thing that's good of Wrecking Zone, in my opinion, is the Cloud Destruction. And besides that, there's there's no fun in the modes. So, like, I would think they have to include more modes. They have to include progression elements, which I don't know why there's no progression elements, because the campaign has progression. So why does the Wrecking Zone not have progression? So they need progression elements. They probably need some other skins that you can actually earn or pay for. That way it kind of keeps the game alive. You know, you obviously need multiplayer with your friends. So to me, like all these things combined, it pretty much needs a complete overhaul, which this game was already in development for five years. So I kind of think they're probably not going to overhaul much of it. Yeah, no, I, I small updates and reworks. Uh, like there's definitely a couple of reworks, such as progression elements which do need to be added. Uh, but it has potential, I think. Which I guess uh, we didn't officially mention the modes. We mentioned them kind of in passing, but um, the two modes that are available, you have territories, which we were talking about. Basically, this is your normal territory type match where you're collecting different territories. So the game will show, you know, territory A, territory B. You have to go capture it as a team. When you capture it, it has like 50 points worth of points to give out. Once those 50 points go to a certain team, then basically the territory goes away and a new territory spawns. And that's kind of how that works. And basically your team wins by reaching the max score limit. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was 250 was the score limit. But yeah, uh, no, basically when one team... Okay, 250. All right, yeah. So basically when one team reaches 250, that team wins. So that's kind of how territories work. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add about territories, but that's it's pretty simple and pretty self-explanatory. I think uh, not not something territory-specific, but another small note on Wrecking Zone. When you first play it, it doesn't tell you what any of the game modes are. It just says Agent Hunter and Territories. There's no description of what they are. There's no tutorial of how to play them, 
which was kind of odd when I was first playing it because I had no idea what I was doing in the game. But... I think they kind of just assume that people will know from other games, you know, sort of what the deal is. Because, I mean, Agent Hunter is the other mode, which this one, basically the object is the first team to kill 25 agents and then grab their dog tags. So you have to actually, like, say I kill Monty, I have to grab his dog tag to confirm the kill. So I think they just kind of assume people will get the idea after, like, one game, which I kind of did, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you sort of, you'll you'll understand it by the end of your first game. But it's right. just, you know, they, all they need to do is add a text box on one corner of the screen just saying, kill, or well, first team to kill 25 to get 25 dog tags. It, it just feels like it would be a lot easier than having to go through a game. No, that's probably true. No, I mean, that, that was just a small little point I had. Honestly, I don't really have a lot else to say about Wrecking Zone, because I didn't have that much fun with it, and the campaign's really where I had a lot of fun. So unless you have something else to say about Wrecking Zone, I'd say let's just get into the campaign, because that's where I actually yeah. had fun. Yeah, no, that, I, I think we, we said what we need to say about yeah, so I mean, basically, Wrecking Zone, you know, it, it needs some work. Pretty much, we'll, we'll leave it at that. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I would not recommend, and in its current state, you know, maybe they'll change in the future, but in its current state, I wouldn't recommend anyone play longer than two hours in it, because I played two hours in it, and I was pretty bored, so. Yeah, no, I think I played a little slightly less. But the campaign, however, you know, that was a lot of fun, and basically with the campaign... You jump in as an agent. We both pick Terry Crews because, you know, why not? I mean, it's Terry Crews. So we both played as Terry Crews. <laughs> and basically the object is to take down the evil Terra Nova Corporation. And this corporation, uh, the main boss that you're trying to fight is named Elizabeth Neiman. And they're the CEO, kind of the main boss of the game. So they're like the CEO that's kind of the corrupt CEO of this game. And they have like, you know, little mini bosses that kind of report to them. And you have to try and kill the whole corporation. And basically, you're an agent, which you have to pick one of um, several different skins. The agents pretty much are all the same. They're just a different skin on them. The only difference is um, they have, like, different boosts to their abilities. So, like, one agent will um, upgrade their, you know, agility faster. One agent will upgrade their explosives faster. But basically, they're all the same, you know. You're not going to, like, pick one agent and have, like, a super advantage over the next agent. They basically all have the same advantages, is what I'm trying to say. No, I was just going to say, sort of, the, I found that I didn't really notice getting any particular bonuses or being encouraged to play a certain way from agent bonuses. So just right. Like the look of really. Yeah, because it basically has a 10% experience bonus to, like, one category, but honestly, if you really want to level up a category, you can level it up with any agent. So it's basically just, you know, certain agents have certain, you know, starting bonuses, but that's about it. Yeah, but there so are. It's, uh, you're sort of however you want to play. It's not restricted, and that's one thing I really enjoyed about the game is you can just go out and do what you want. Right, agreed. But as an agent, you basically have five abilities that can be leveled up, and uh, you have weapons you can find, and you know, kind of, you kind of take down the enemies in the game with that. So you're hunting around for weapons, you're trying to upgrade your abilities, and that's kind of you know the general gist of the campaign, but. There's a lot of things you can actually do in the campaign. So do you want to mention something you can actually do in the campaign? Yeah, yeah. So um, in the campaign, uh, there's... So how the game is structured, but before you fight the main boss, there's three subsections, each of which have three bosses. Um, 
and there's sort of two low bosses, one medium boss, and then you get to the final boss. Um, right. But each of these different bosses, they have uh, different areas in the map associated with them. Um, so, for example, uh, taking down things such as monorails, um, this gets you intel with one of the logistics bosses, Roxy. Um, and then once you all that, you can find the boss. And so it's fairly self-explanatory. Um, but depending on which of these divisions it is, there'll be different sorts of enemies you'll fight. Um, there's, you can do races. There's tons of different um, sort of just general exploration rewards. So just for exploring the world, you can get agility orbs. Um, there's a couple of different orbs that you can get. I know there's hidden orbs. I don't know if there's any more. Um, but these just give you points towards some of your some of your abilities, so things like agility, strength. Yeah, those are the only two orbs: is the agility and hidden orbs. Which agility will give you points towards agility, and the hidden orbs. If you find those, are a little question mark, and basically that gives you points towards all the categories at once. So those are the only two you can find. But the hidden orbs, obviously, the better one. But I mean, you try want to try and find both. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I know I found at least one hidden orb just running around. Um, but you can also just find weapons around the place. Um, there's just different spawn points you can take over. So as you play through more of the game, you'll expand the world. And there's always reasons to go back into areas you've already conquered. So for example, finding these orbs and stuff. Um, places where you can do races, doing stunts. Uh, these can all increase your driving skill, which I know I, I did a lot of driving i really enjoyed the driving mechanics in the game um there's a bunch of things you can do oh you enjoyed the driving because i was going to say that i actually didn't enjoy the driving so it's oh, interesting I, to hear your um expected on that I, I i really liked the driving no i really liked the agency vehicle um and i liked how you know after just driving around for a bit you can just get a tank which you can spawn whenever you want um and did you get a tank yet or did you not level up that far yet Unfortunately, I didn't quite get there. I got to level four, okay. but you need level five in driving to get the tank. So I'm close, but I haven't quite got the tank yet. Um, so if, you, no, if I, you've gotten that high, that means you've probably done the rooftop races, right? Actually, no. I just I literally just drove around the world, um, drifting and smacking enemies with cars. That was... Oh, interesting. So you can <laughs> literally just by drifting and stuff, you can level your driving? Yeah, literally just driving around the world, you get points. That's interesting, because I thought you had to actually do the rooftop races, which I didn't do the races yet, so. No, no. My I driving is still at zero. Like, I drive so little that my driving is still at zero. <laughs> no, I'm on board. No, it's li literally just driving around the world, you can get points towards it. Running over enemies, you can get a whole bunch of points towards it. Just doing a couple of stunts around the world, you can get a bunch of points for that as well. So I, I found driving was really easy and fun to level up. I'm surprised I haven't even got to one yet, because I have done some driving in the game, so like, but I just prefer walking because you know like, you can do all those jumps and everything. So no, I don't. The agency vehicle is really fun. So the agency vehicle, you can. My friend had it though, but yeah. So so you, uh, for the listeners, what the agency vehicle is is you can pretty much summon it at any point when you're near a road and stuff. And there's three different forms that the agency vehicle can take on. When you first spawn it and when you first get it, they'll, it'll just be in the lightning mode. 
Um, and this is basically a really fast car. Um, yeah, it's you get it fairly early on. It's a good vehicle. Um, once you've got the agency vehicle, you find you won't really be using any others because you can spawn it whenever. It's fast and strong. So the agency vehicle is really useful. Then when you get to level 3, um, you get the spider mode. And what the spider mode does is it lets you lets the vehicle jump and you can climb up walls with it. And then when you get to level 5, you get the tank mode, which I haven't got yet, but I assume it's sort of a tank. Yeah, I've seen actually pictures of it and stuff. It looks pretty cool, so it would be interesting to try it. But um, I don't know. I just preferred to, you know, walk and, you know, kind of dodge on foot more than driving. I mean... I basically only drove when, like, there's a location that was pretty far away from my point, so then I just, you know, steal a civilian's car and I drive over there. <laughs> but no, I didn't no, do a ton I'm... of driving besides, like, stealing somebody's car, so. I'm just amazed that, nonetheless, you still haven't even got to driving one. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised by that, too, because, I mean, I, I have driven, you know, because I actually mm. drove to, like, certain checkpoints and things, but... I still haven't even gotten to once. I don't understand because I've actually gotten hidden orbs too, and I've gotten like maybe six or seven hidden orbs. So even considering all that, it's still not at one yet. So I don't understand that. But hey, you you must be very close then, because you know I have I haven't killed a single one of the extra of, of the bosses, and pretty much all of my abilities are at least at two or three. Yeah, it must be close, I guess. So I don't know. I'll have to keep trying, you know, today because I plan to um hopefully finish the campaign today. Definitely worth at least getting the agency. But um, some of the things we didn't actually mention yet, have you done any of the uh, prisoner holding areas? Oh, yeah, no, I, I did a bunch of them. I'd sort of just drive around the world, find those, get out of my car, shoot a bunch of people. So you want to explain to listeners prisoner. what a uh, prisoner holding area exactly? Yeah, so um, the prisoner holding area is sort of like small checkpoints that are located around the world. Um, and sort of they vary in size. There's some that are really small. There are some that are bigger. Um, and you can come up to them, kill all of the enemies, and then there's a console which you can come up to and release pris prisoners from. Um, and this is one of the things that will help you get intel on one of the bosses um, and help improve your standing in the world, get stronger, sort of thing. Oh, that one actually doesn't help you get intel on the bosses? That's like a separate thing? Yeah. Oh, I thought it did. Ignore me that. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, the prisoner holding area, it... Like I asked my friend because he's a little bit more experienced at the game than I am. And basically what the prisoner holding area does is there's 12 of them. The more of them you free, the more the militia is going to help you take objectives. So the militia is actually going to help you co uh, conquer other objectives. So that's kind of the, you know, draw to actually freeing the prisoners. Because if you free the prisoners, then they will actually take objectives for you when you're off doing other things. So it's kind of nice, actually. It is worth sort of taking things around the world for it. So even with monorails, which does get you uh, intel on one of the bosses, I know that for a fact. Yes, um, that one's for Roxy. Yeah. Uh, monorails, once you've taken a monorail and you go back to it, um, if you're being attacked by enemies, then the monorail will deploy a turret, which will shoot at the enemies. So you'll get... The, the more that you take over throughout the world, the more help you can get to make huge things easier things like that yes i mean that's kind of you know the prisoner holding areas and another thing that we can actually conquer is called propaganda towers and i didn't do a ton of these but basically what a propaganda tower is is kind of what you'd expect it's a large tower that kind of is propaganda for the evil corporation 
So you have to climb all the way to the top of the tower, and then you have to hack into the tower to disable it. And basically, this is like, you know, platforming kind of um, puzzle where you have to try and, you know, make it to the next platform, keep climbing up and make it to the next platform, keep climbing up. I only did one of these personally. My friend did like two other ones in my world, so I technically have credit for three, but I only did one personally. Did you try any of these? I, I only did the first one at the introduction. I, I didn't really do many more of that. I spent a lot of my time driving. Um, yeah. See, I'm not one of those people that you know loves like the platform jumping too much, so it's not my style too, too much, but I mean... I do want to conquer them all just to say I got them all. So I probably will do it at some point. But um, there are like agility orbs usually at the top of them, though. So you do actually get some rewards from doing it. So at least it's kind of, you know, rewarding to you in the same way. Yeah, I, on, on the note of the climbing, I did find that the climbing was a bit janky at points. Um, there'd, yeah. There'd be points where you'd jump against a surface which you should be able to climb or hold on to. And then it wouldn't let you. So I found a couple of problems just with smoothness with the climbing at times, which was kind of annoying. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's my biggest downside to the game is there's some points in the game where if you don't have the proper agility, where, like, we'll get into this a little bit more later, but basically in your agility uh, ability, you unlock other abilities where you have, like, a triple dash, you know, like a double dash, like different random things, and... Basically, if you don't have all the stuff unlocked, then some things when you go to face certain bosses, it's harder to face that boss if you don't have like, you know, oh, I don't have the triple dash or whatever. So I can't really get to certain areas as easily. And that's kind of what was most frustrating to me because I was playing co-op with my friend and my friend could get to these areas, but I was having a hard time getting these areas. So he'd be off fighting enemies and I'd have to like, you know, spend 10 tries trying to make a certain jump. So that was what was frustrating to me. But at the same time, it's also partially my fault because I didn't have my agility leveled enough when I went to face that boss. So I guess it's partially my fault I didn't level up enough. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously they're encouraging you to level up your agility with things like that. Right. I was doing the Enforcer um, mission in The Expanse, I think the area is called. Uh, and sort of the tower for that, you need to kill four officers. Um, and there's two on the ground and two up the tower. And the two on the ground kill fairly easily. You can just run them over with the car, really. And that's the quickest way to kill them. It makes the mission fairly easy. The second one was a, was near a ledge. So you could climb up and then knock him off. Um, but just, just even getting to where he was was a bit of a pain because climbing up the tower quite often you'll get halfway up. And then just fall all the way down, and that was just even more so true. Yeah, but getting to the top of the tower. To I've had that before. <laughs> and, uh, so the game has a lot of verticality to it, which is interesting. It means that the world is fun to explore. There's a lot of different ways you can approach things, different missions, things like that. But when oh. You know, parts of the game relies on this verticality, such as getting the agility orbs when all of them are on top of buildings and stuff. It's just annoying when, you know, it just doesn't work half the time. Right. And getting these agility orbs, you know, it's kind of frustrating when you sort of need the next level to get the agility orbs, but in order to get to the next level, you need the agility orbs. So it's kind of like, well, what am I supposed to say here? (laughs) I, 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 I say half the time. It's not half the time. Most of the time it does work. 
it's just yeah, yeah. A moment there's just there's just some to. spots in the game that are hard to get to unless you have a high agility. So anyone that's listening, I would definitely recommend if you see an agility orb, try to get it because the higher you get your agility, the better access you're going to have in the game where you're going to be able to get into more spots with better a higher agility. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But we didn't actually talk about the intel points yet. This is something I didn't actually do because I didn't really care too much about it. But basically, these are little intel points that you can go unlock other characters. And the reason why I didn't do this is because um, the characters don't really offer too much different for you, for one. So, like, if I got a new character unlocked, it wouldn't offer too much different for me. And two, I didn't want to switch characters anyways. I just wanted to play as Terry Crews. So, for me, I didn't really bother with the intel points i mean maybe at some point i would do them when i had nothing else to do but i don't know if you did these i'm not gonna lie i didn't even know that you could unlock other characters i was just start of the game i'm playing terry Crews. yeah there's other characters that were like on the airship with them that are you know grayed out if you go to select them and basically with these intel points that you find in the world you can unlock the other characters because basically it's like a little hologram of that character so you can go unlock them but it, to me, there really wasn't much of a point because it's basically just a different skin. You know, it's the same exact, like, there's no new stats or anything. It's just a different skin. And I just wanted to play as Terry Crews anyway, so for me, it didn't really matter. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree on the same page. I mean, maybe if I had nothing else to do in the game, I'd probably go for that at that point. But I have other things to do in the game, so I'm not going to go for that. I, I suppose it could be good end game. Um, but maybe in the future, if they change it, so all of the different characters had an ability as well. That would make it more worth right, it. Right, something unique to them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I think in its current state, uh, I, I just stayed. Right. And then we did mention there's, you know, different weapons, cars, and grenades. You can unlock all these things. So basically to unlock that, it's really, really simple. If you kill an enemy that has a certain gun you don't have, you just pick up that gun and then you have it unlocked. That's how simple it is. So. And again, it's the sort of thing where hidden around the world are a couple of weapons as well um, so i mentioned the enforcer point i did after i complete that and i've taken down all the energy cells in the place um i got a new type of grenade from that and then i drove around the corner and i found another type of grenade so there are different weapons just hidden around the map as well so that's quite right. fun to find which since we are on weapons did you have any favorite weapons that you really liked a lot i really like the cryo shotgun i ended up getting the I have that one, yeah. I, I tried that for a little bit, but it wasn't my favorite too much. I, I just liked how, you know, it did the damage of a shotgun, but you freeze people, so you could essentially have people still at half health, but just out of battle, they might be damaging you from the frozen. I also really like the grenade launcher. I don't know if you got that. I don't think I have that one, no. I, I have um 18, there's 24 guns, and I have 18 unlocks. So I'm missing six, so... I think the grenade launcher is one of the ones I'm missing, actually. So the grenade launcher I got by taking down a parking garage. Um, there was a enemy there who was like a grenadier type of character. He had a grenade launcher, killed him, and took his grenade launcher. And that's just a really useful weapon because if there's you know a whole bunch of enemies shooting at you, shoot that at them. You know that's gonna knock them back, knock them over, and do a bunch of damage if they don't they don't die. Um, it's also really good against vehicles as well. So if there's blocks of vehicles chasing after you, shoot a, shoot a couple of grenades at that, and that'll blow up the vehicles. So I found the grenade launch was really fun. Um, and then 
is it the mutilator the acid gun uh i know which one you're talking about but i think it has a different name i think it's it does start with an m i believe it's, I think it's, it's like m something morphid or like i can't remember what it's called but exactly but it definitely yeah, starts I, with m yeah that 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 i quite enjoyed as well sort of just having the acid gun which i could shoot yeah for me some of the ones i enjoy which i don't know if you found any of these yet but i kind of jotted down six that were probably my favorite six um the three explosive guns I liked were the jackhammer, the homing rocket, and the decimator. And then the three kind of more machine gun types that I liked were the minigun, the bolt thrower, and the prophecy. So I don't know if you've seen those guns at all, but those were all ones I kind of enjoyed. No, I, I didn't see those. But I think just on a quick note, the starting PDW is actually a really good gun. I ended up using that quite a lot. Like just dropping my gun, picking up a random PDW. So I think even just the starting gun yeah i would agree yeah it seems like the prophecy is probably the best machine gun as far as i can tell but the bolt thrower even though it's not as good i just kind of enjoyed the way it feels because it's basically like um i think it's like shoots you know construction bolts you know where like it's kind of like a nail gun sort of is what i envisioned it yeah, as yeah. so but it, it kind of operates strength. pretty cool yeah exactly i found it off one of one of the guys in like the machine area which makes sense so you know, one of the machine guys, I killed him, and he had that, so. Yeah, just a quick note on the machine area. I had a funny moment with the spider agent vehicle where I was driving along, and I, my car set on fire, so I jumped out of it, and it went over a random hill, and then it blew up and took down the machine, so I randomly took down the machine from the end of my car, which was quite funny. <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's one of the features, actually, that's the ability of driving, so that you might have actually triggered by accident. Uh, self-destruct. No, that's yeah. that's an ability you get at level four. My car was just blowing up at that point, but you can oh, choose okay, to gotcha. do that once you get get that ability. Well, I didn't know if you knew this. Actually, there's actually some special grenades that you can get that aren't like damage grenades because I have um, my firearms leveled up enough that I got a special grenade called Ammo Field, where I can throw this grenade out and. It basically creates a circle where it replenishes our ammo. So you don't have to actually go to an ammo point. It replenishes your ammo for you right there. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, so the grenade I got from the enforcer point was actually the matter duplication grenade. I don't know if you got that. No, I don't have that one yet. Um, so basically, things that you can pick up, that's one thing you can do in the game. I don't think we've mentioned that yet, but sort of debris, true, yeah. rocks, sort of small things like that. You can pick stuff up and throw it at enemies, yeah. Yeah. Um, but with the matter, duplica matter duplication grenade, if you're looking at something you can pick up, instead of walking over to it and picking up, you can use your grenade and it creates a duplication of that in your hands. Interesting. Yeah, so, you know, I think even with things like uh, explosive barrels, you could just duplicate the explosive barrel into your That's hands. That's kind of cool, actually. So, yeah, no, that, that, that was really good. And it's sort of rewards like that that you get from doing points around the world was really Nice. Which I know there's actually a grenade that I don't have yet, but my friend had it. It's actually a healing grenade where you could throw it out and it's actually a healing field, so it heals you and your partner with you stand in there, so that's kind of a cool grenade too. Yeah, no, that seems quite useful given uh I, I found quite a few times in the game where I'd have to duck out of a fight, heal up, and then go back into it. Yeah. Which we should probably mention too, healing, it's not like you need like med packs or anything. Literally all you have to do is just, you know, not be shot for a little while and your uh, health regenerates for you. Yeah, so it's fairly simple. Or actually, if you kill enemies, if you kill enemies, your health regenerate. Or if um you just 
not get shot. So basically, if you kill some enemies, you can get your health back, or if you just um, avoid damage. I, I think it's shields you get from enemies and health just from not getting shot. Is that it? I think it's said you get health back from enemies too. I don't know what kind of it's certain kind or certain amount of enemies you have to kill, but I think you can get health back from enemies. I, I know you definitely get shields from enemies, so you get the, that back. So at least something like that then. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing. But uh, since we've been talking about enemies so much, we should probably talk about the types of enemies, you know, the three divisions. Yeah, we can do that. Um, I just want to mention one other thing, though. Um, the supply points, you mentioned it very briefly earlier. And I just wanted to mention that the supply points, basically what that is, you go take out a couple of enemies, it's not that many, and then you claim the supply point. And this supply point is kind of like your respawn points. If you die, you can go to any supply point that you've claimed. And you can also reload your ammo there. So it's kind of a nice little checkpoint that you can get to, you know, respawn at. So that's kind of what the supply points do. Yeah, and at some of the supply points, you can also spawn in vehicles as well. So uh, right. as we've mentioned, just to, to unlock vehicles, you just get in it, and then it will add it to the, to the uh, vehicles you can spawn. So it's fairly simple. Yeah, but, you know, as you were saying, we can kind of get into the enemies. Um, basically, there's three divisions within the corporation. So to unlock the lower level bosses, you have to first take out their type of objective points. So, for example, logistics, there's the monorails, which is, you know, the objective point you have to take out to face Roxy. For example, the industry, the chemical leader is Digimon Keda, and you have to take out his chemical plants to unlock him. So there's a certain amount you have to take out in order to unlock the boss. So I think for Keda, you have to take out like seven chemical plants and then you can actually face him. For the monorail, I think it's like five you have to take out, and then you can face the monorail leader. So there's different numbers you have to take out for each type of leader. But basically, if you take out a number of these objective points, you can face the lower level bosses. And then if you kill the lower level bosses, you go to the higher level bosses. So um, we can kind of get into the different divisions if you want, but that's kind of how the system works. Yeah, yeah. So sort of, I think you pretty much mentioned the three divisions mostly. Um, so logistics, industry, security. Um, yeah. Yeah. So basically logistics, the very first boss you face in the first five minutes is Wilhelm Berg. He's like the manpower boss that kind of covers the gate to the city. And when you kill him, you get access to the city. And essentially you're guaranteed to beat him pretty much. I mean, they make him very easy. So you kind of get a feel of what the game is. So he's the first logistics boss. The second one is Roxy, which is the monorail leader, and basically you have to take out a certain amount of monorail points, and then you go face Roxy, which is a supercomputer. So basically, Roxy's a computer. You just go take out the computer, and then you kind of move on to the boss of them. So that's kind of how this works. Basically, there's a couple of lower level bosses, and there's like their lieutenant. That's their boss. So if you kill both of these bosses, then you have to face uh, the lieutenant, Alois Quist, and he's the logistics division leader. And basically, he's up in a tower somewhere. All these, you know, lieutenant bosses are up in a tower somewhere, so they're a little bit harder to get to. But basically, there's a lot of uh, agility obstacles in these fights where you have to make some crazy jumps in order to get to the next point. And you take out Quist, and then you kind of keep moving on. And the industry, there's um, the chemical leader, which I mentioned, Digimon Keda. They're basically like the chemical plants. My favorite one to face, I don't know if you face any of the machine plants, but the manufacturer leader was Reza Khan, 
And I kind of like facing the machines because when you face the machines, it's really cool where you actually have to shoot out different parts of the machine to break it. So I don't know if you face those, but those are really cool, actually. That that does just bring up one thing I really liked about the game is the sort of how you can select where you're shooting uh, when you're locked on something. Sort of right. if if you're shooting at something, uh, sort of it'll take a couple of seconds to scan it, and once you've scanned it, um, then you can pick where you shoot at it. So you could shoot its arms, its legs, its body, its head. Um, yeah, it all had different effects. But that was one nice little feature in the game which I quite enjoyed. No, I agree, and I, I like how the game has different you know types of fights basically because the logistics fights. They have, you know, a lot more aerial agility stuff involved, where the industry type fights, it has a lot more where, okay, you know, take out these chemical plants or take out this, you know, uh, machine. And then when you face the bosses, the bosses are in a machine themselves. So, or technically Kata is not um, in a machine. I won't really spoil what happens with him, but it's a little bit different. But you face them in a machine, you know, and their lieutenant boss is Catala Vargas. And basically, when you face them, you have to climb up to the tower and then take them out, which actually, that's the hardest boss I've faced so far. Uh, Vargas is pretty tough. We ended up doing it, but it's a pretty tough boss. So basically, everyone I've mentioned so far, I've taken out the entire logistics division and I've taken out the entire industry division. So I only have three bosses left in the game for me to win. I don't know about yourself. Well, uh, I've taken out the opening boss. That's it. <laughs> All right, so you got one, you know, only a couple more to go. <laughs> only a couple. No, I, I've, I think I've just been more so enjoying the world and having fun rather than trying to go through the story as much. Um, no, and I understand that. I, I think for me, because I knew I was going to do a podcast about the whole thing, I kind of wanted to speed run through the bosses and get the really feel of the story. So uh, my friend and I, we just kind of, you know, went through and kind of trash you know all the bosses and kill them all so yeah no i i sort of wherever i ended up if there was a mission there i'd do it you know if i ended up near a monorail station i'd do it um which, which uh reminds me one other nice thing is that each of the different divisions has different grunts uh to fight so uh, uh things like monorails you'll face more robots and they've got drones right. as well industry there's as you mentioned, there's machines. Um, they max max are tough. <laughs> yeah, no. I so after my vehicle exploded and destroyed the machine, there was a mech there, and he very, very, very <laughs> swiftly killed me. Um, but they also have yeah, tough. people with like uh, acid lasers. I think that's the same one that I mentioned earlier. And security, you know, they've got things like shotguns. And stuff. Yeah, and the chemical so, plants too. It makes those hard sometimes. Is there's a lot of chemical waste around the plants, so. Some of these chemical plants are like on an island, so in order to get to them, you have to kind of swim through chemical waste, and they kind of damage you. So there is a point where if, I think if you get the strength at level four, you actually don't get damaged by that anymore. But if you don't have strength level four, you get damaged by that. So you have to kind of watch out for stuff like that too. Yeah, no, I think very early on, I took down the two different. Uh, there was uh, some I can't exactly remember what it was, but it was uh, for acid production, and they were sort of two big. Too big. I don't know how to describe them, but sort of like pumps. Um, and I decided it would be a good idea to shoot them, and that took a while to shoot. And only after destroying in, uh, the first one by shooting and most of the second one by shooting, 
because I realized I could have just dropped a rock in them to destroy them immediately. Yeah, I think that's what my friend did too, which I didn't really realize you could do that. So, yeah, so <laughs> I guess I'll have to try and look at that. It, it's good that there's these different ways of taking down these uh, right. environments, uh, environmental things uh, to do with industry. Um, but I think where the game does lack a bit, you know, I mentioned it in Wrecking Zone, is explaining how some elements of the game work. Because it took me a solid 15-20 minutes to destroy those pups, when it could have taken two seconds just to drop rocks into them. Hey now, Monty, you're supposed to be Terry Crews. Do you really need all that help? (laughs) Uh, That was one thing I noticed. (laughs) Terry Crews looked very slim in the game. You see the other operators you can be, and they were all hugely buff, and then Terry Crews. (laughs) They had to nerf him. He was too strong. Which I guess I'll take this point, too, to mention that the opening cutscene with Terry Crews, that's like the most amazing cutscene ever. It's a really cool cutscene. <laughs> it's great. I'm I'm so glad they got Terry Crews. The one thing I kind of bummed about, though, is after that opening cutscene, you don't really get a lot of Terry Crews after that. I mean, you get a couple like small one-liners, but it sounds like they probably didn't have the budget to like have cutscenes with him after that, because after that opening cutscene, he's not involved too, too much. Yeah, but it, I suppose... But it's just quite nice, even um, just going around the world and occasionally hearing just some voice lines from him. I quite like voice lines. I agree. But we actually didn't mention one of the um, divisions. We didn't mention the security division. This is the only division I have to kill still. And the security division is actually a little bit different because this only has one low-level boss and then the lieutenant. So there's only two bosses instead of three. But they have Liv Sorensen. That's the enforcer leader. And then Lieutenant um, Clilly Nagata, I think that's how you say it. That's the security division leader. So basically you take them out. And then if you take down all three divisions, that's when you get to face the CEO of the Terra Nova Corporation, Elizabeth Neiman. So that's kind of like the end game boss. Yeah, no, I, I think I did a bit of security stuff. Um, which reminds me, um, after taking down the Enforcer place where I got the mass duplication grenade um i got an alert i haven't opened it yet because i'm not sure how but the game the game doesn't really explain how to open some of the menus um, but i think that's towards enforcer stuff <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry i can't say exactly because i don't know how to open the menu to check what it is but i have something from it so i'm guessing from taking down enforcer places yeah, I'm kind of trying to follow along what you're saying, but I'm not really sure what you're getting at. So <laughs> It's hard to explain because I don't know what it is because I don't know how to open the menu. <laughs> um, but it got well, me some... I mean, I know the select button, you can open the menu up, but I don't know if that helps. But, you're, it's, you not found, in, but... it's not in the select menu, that's the thing. It's just, There's an alert I have at the side of my screen next to an Enforcer logo, but I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's some alerts that you get after taking down key places. Yeah, I'd probably have to groups. see it in order to find out. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully I'll find out one day what it is. You actually did make me think of something, though. Um, did you experience any lockdowns in the game yet? Or did you not get far enough to experience lockdowns? No, I haven't. Okay. So basically a lockdown, when you kill one of these bosses, a lockdown will happen. And basically the CEO comes on the screen with a cutscene. And she's like, hey, you know, hey, 
like I'm paraphrasing here, but she's kind of like, hey, you know, why are you uh, killing my bosses? You know, here, here's some guys to throw at you and you can fight them. You know, they're going to kill you. So basically, she sends a lot of people after you at once and you have to kill enough of these enemies to get to 100 percent. And then when you get to 100 percent, it clears the lockdown and you defeat the lockdown. So it's kind of like a, you know, high level battle that happens after the bosses. So he, right after you're fighting the boss, you have to fight like another, you know, slew of enemies. That sounds good. I found that is whenever you're facing large amounts of enemies, that was generally when it was hardest, because it was hard to find angles where you could not get shot to heal. It is, yeah, definitely. But, you know, um, I haven't taken out security people yet, but, you know, later today, um, we're recording this on a Tuesday, I'm going to try and take out the security people and, you know, beat the game. So, uh, definitely check out the video of that if you, you know, listen to this later and you want to check it out. But we did talk about the abilities a little bit, so we can kind of get into those a little bit more. So one of the abilities is driving, which I'll let you talk about this one a little bit more because you obviously had a lot more experience than I did. But essentially how this works is level zero, you have like an ability, which is beautiful requisition, which basically just means that I can steal cars of, you know, civilians. And that's basically what I can do right now because I'm at level zero. But once you get to level one, you get uh, delivery on demand, you get agency lightning, and you get an ejector seat, and then it kind of climbs up, like Monty said, where level 5 is your meme machine. So uh, you can kind of talk about this a little bit more, because you've had a little bit more experience driving, and you can kind of talk to me, you know, maybe what um, the different abilities might do. Yeah, so level 0 doesn't really mean much, everyone starts with that, but vehicle requisition, that just means you can get vehicles or something. Um, as Derek mentioned, uh, level 1, Agency Lightning. This is the agency vehicle that I spoke about. So Lightning is the mode where it's really fast. Delivery on demand, that's just the skill that lets you summon it. Um, that's very simple. Ejector seat. So when you're when you're driving around in the agency vehicle, you can click Y and you'll jump out of the top, which is useful if you're jumping up to towers, to places, if there's some enemies on a bridge above you, Things like that. That just gives you a bit kind of cool, actually. Yeah, so it, it's helpful with agility things, driving around the world. It's just a nice little useful skill to have. Um, agency Spider. Uh, this is just another mode for the agency vehicle. As I mentioned, it can jump and climb up walls. Um, uh, level 3, self-destruct. You can choose to explode your vehicle. It's fairly simple. It's self-explanatory. You can blow up your vehicle. Um, Level 4 is the Agency Minotaur, so this is the tank. Um, I think it might be the tank, and I think 5, the meme machine, I think it just allows your vehicle to do something else. I forget exactly what. Uh, I must be at uh, Driving 3, not 4, as I said earlier then. Okay. But, uh, that, that's what the Minotaur is. Um, and I'm not sure what meme machine does, but as you mentioned, I'm guessing it's just a Right. And then one of the other abilities you can get is explosives. And basically level zero is demolition, which basically just means that you can use explosives. So, you know, everyone starts with this. Everyone starts at level zero with everything. Uh, level one is bag of tricks. This basically just means that you can carry more explosives on you in your inventory. Level two is Olympic grenade. It's basically just a grenade that's like a sticky grenade. It unlocks it for you. Level three is rocket rack. I honestly forget exactly what this one does. Um, level four is what I'm at right now for explosives is big bag of tricks. Basically, it just allows extra inventory for your explosives. So not too much, really. 
just, you know, you can carry more of them. And then level five is where it's really cool, actually. I don't know if you've seen this at all or if you've um, looked into it, but it's called a singularity grenade. No, is it some, like, gravity grenade? Kind of, yeah, because basically you throw this grenade out and everything that's within the vicinity of that grenade kind of gets sucked into the grenade and kind of blows up. So it's really cool, actually. So it sucks, like, cars in, enemies, whatever, and it kind of blows them all up at the same time. Uh, I imagine that. Gravity grenade. Yeah, that'd be really useful with things like grenade launchers if you could just pull pull everyone into one spot and then chuck a bunch of grenades in there. Yeah, so I'm really excited to use that one because I'm at level 4 explosives, so when I get to level 5, I actually unlock that. So I'm kind of excited to unlock that. Yeah, that that sounds like very useful. Do you want to talk about the uh, strength ones? Uh, I certainly can. Um, So strength starts at 0 again, smash and grab. Not entirely. smash. I'm guessing is just your default punch, right? And then grab as you can just grab, you know, any item basically. Oh yeah, that's um. So that's just picking up things like rocks, debris, as I mentioned earlier. Um, energy grip. Um, that's I think that lets you pick things up from further. If I yep. Remember correctly. Um, ground pound, which I'm pretty sure is where I'm at. Uh, if you're in the air, you can click B do ground pound and the higher you are the bigger the ground pound the more damage you do um flying fist i'm guessing that's the dash punch yes uh, the dash punch yeah from so in just a quick note in wrecking zone i'm pretty sure that you start with everything maxed um, so that's a good way to experience some of the abilities without actually having them um, and the dash punch, for anyone that doesn't know, basically what it means is you kind of just dash and, you know, you have your fists out in front of you, and it's kind of like a supercharged punch. Yeah, yeah. Resilience, uh, I'm guessing that's what makes you, you know, immune to the acid and everything. Right, that's that's what that is. Yeah, acid, cold. I, I don't I haven't seen cold yet, but I guess you can be immune to cold, too, so I don't know. Well, that'll be things be. like the cryo shotgun. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, and graviton. Um, that one actually allows you to pick up heavy items like cars. You can pick up like whole cars and throw them at people. That seems like a very useful ability. Since yeah, when... so you can like throw whole cars at like mechs and stuff. Yeah, when when cars explode or any vehicle explodes, really, it does a lot of damage to enemies. So being able to throw cars at people, you know, especially if you can get them near a road where you'll blow up other cars with the explosion chain explosion that could kill a lot of people yeah and currently i'm at the level three which is flying fists so that's where i'm at right now but yeah but um the fourth ability you can get is firearms which level zero is armed and dangerous this is what everyone starts with basically I, it just allows you to use guns pretty much that's pretty much the gist of it um level one is dead eye this unlocks a locking feature where you can lock onto enemies easier and kind of, you know, shoot them faster. So you use your left trigger, you lock onto them easier and then to shoot them. Level two is ammo pack. Ammo pack just allows you to have more ammo in your inventory. So basically you just carry more ammo in your guns. Level three, it unlocks a new gun called a Vortex Cannon. Honestly, it's a pretty shit gun. So it's um, not really worth the unlock, but you, you have the gun, I guess. So it's one of the worst guns though, actually. Uh, level four, I'm at level four right now. This is the agency ammo field. That's what I talked about earlier, where it gives you that special grenade where you could throw it down and get your ammo replenished, which that's kind of cool, actually. Does and that, then level does, f- 
does that yeah, replace grenades? Or... Yes, that counts as your grenade. That's interesting. So that counts, yeah. No, just because the agency vehicle you can just summon, so it's a separate ability to just vehicles. So I was just wondering because it has an agency. Yeah, because you basically get one um, item slot, which is like your rip bumper, and then that yeah. counts as your item slot. So basically, it's your item. So it's still worth it, though. I think in most cases, because I mean, if you're in a bad situation where you're fighting a lot of enemies, you could throw that down and get your ammo back and keep fighting. So yeah, yeah, definitely useful. And then the fifth one is the graviton tether. I think that's um, similar to the singularity grenade, where you kind of like can shoot and it kind of draws up towards it and makes a bigger explosion. Um, I don't remember exactly yet because I haven't unlocked it yet, but I remember from, you know, I checked out the like little animation because you can actually check these out before you unlock them by just going into your menu and looking at the little demonstration of it. And I think from the demonstration, that's, it does something like that. Right. And if you want, you can go over the last ability. I certainly can. Uh, I can try at least. Uh, so these ones are all mostly self-explanatory. Um, combat roll, you can do a roll. Boosters, um, so... This agility, by the way. That, yeah, yeah, sorry, this agility. Boosters, that's your double jump, I believe? Yes. Yep. Air dash, you can do a dash in the air. Um, you know, that's really useful for mobility and stuff. Which, that's where I'm at right now. I don't know where you're at, yeah. but I'm at level two. Um, I think I'm at level two for that as well. Um, then agency launch pad, I'm guessing this is an item you can use? Yeah, that's an item. You can throw it down on the ground, and then basically you jump on this, and it sends you flying in the air. So it's like a really super high jump. Yeah. Um, then double dash. At least in the country, you can do two air dashes, and then triple jump. You can do a triple jump. So those are all fairly self-explanatory, simple, but all really useful skills to have. Especially... Yeah, and like I said earlier, you definitely want to level these up, because there's going to be certain areas in the game where... If you don't have at least level two agility, you can't get there. And there's areas that I'm at right now where, like, facing some of these higher level bosses, I'm not at level three yet, but I wish I was at level three because if I didn't have my friend with me, I probably wouldn't be able to do it because there's some certain points that he had to put down a launch pad for me just to be able to move on. Because if he didn't have the launch pads, I probably wouldn't be able to move on. So you definitely want to level up your agility. Yeah, no, uh, agility is definitely one of the. Like, even when you're trying to climb up a building and you miss a jump, just having a third jump just so you can get back to where you were without falling down the entire way, that's really useful. Right. But that's all the abilities, so um, that's pretty much it with that. I mean, do you have anything else to add with uh, different things you can do in the game? I think we pretty much covered most of the things. Um, yeah, no, I think that's pretty much everything. Um, I know, I know we've pointed out a few negatives and jankiness here and there, but overall I did really enjoy the game. It's very 6 or 3-esque in how fun it is. It doesn't take itself too seriously, and it's an enjoyable game where you can mess around. So, I, I did really enjoy playing the Lovecraft Up 3. No, I definitely agree, and if you're playing the campaign, I would say, um, which a lot of other people agree with this estimate, that it takes about, you know, 8 to 10 hours to clear the campaign if you're just going for the campaign itself. If you're going for, you know, trying to do, like, all the achievements, you know, like, all the unlocks, like, all that kind of, like, extra stuff, I would say it's probably going to take you about 15 to 25 hours. So, probably within, you know, 25 hours, you can probably 100% the game. If you're someone that likes 100% everything, then you could probably 100% the whole game in about 25 hours. Yeah, and sort of even just casually playing, which is more so people. Right. There's plenty of content, so it is a fun game. 
Yeah, so I would say the campaign is definitely worth it. The wrecking zone, in my opinion, is not worth your time, really. But, I mean, that's what they have the campaign for. So at least the campaign's there. Just play the campaign and don't play wrecking zone, is what I'd say. Yeah. And we should mention price point, too. The price point of this game is $60. I Even though I like the game and I had fun with it, I don't think it's worth $60 at all. I would say this game is worth $30. So basically what I would say is until the price drops... I would just get Game Pass and play it on Game Pass because it's not worth sixty dollars to me. Yeah, no, I, I, it's I, sixty dollars is a lot for this game. It's, yeah, it is. It's definitely a Game Pass game where it's on the Game Pass. It's worth downloading and playing. Um, but yeah, thirty dollars is the upper end of what I'm looking at. I'm not sure how that translates into pounds. So you think it's worth 30 as well? Because I think $30 is a fair price for this game. You're going to get enough enjoyment out of it for $30, I think. So if they would price it at $30, I think it's fair enough to buy it for $30. But until it drops to that price, I would say get the Game Pass. Yeah, no, Because, I mean, more than $30, like $60, that's, that's just crazy. Because you're basically, at most, you're probably getting 25 hours out of the campaign if you're, you know, doing every single thing in the campaign. And then Wrecking Zone, I mean... I'd say probably maximum. You're probably only going to get like maybe 10 hours of it if you really, really love Wrecking Zone, but you're going to get bored of Wrecking Zone after a while. So you're talking, you know, maybe what, 35, 40 hours altogether in the game for $60. That's that's not really worth that. I mean, it's less than a dollar an hour. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. So I think. Or more than a dollar an game. hour. Sorry. It's an enjoyable game pass game, but I wouldn't buy it at a full price. Right. So. You know, unfortunately, if you're um, not on Xbox, you can't even play it anyways. But if you are on Xbox, then hey, you can get it on Game Pass. So it's pretty easy for you. So uh, I would say, you know, Crackdown 3, definitely worth playing. And I really enjoyed it. So, you know, I'm going to get back into it today. Do you think after the podcast, you're going to get back into it? I think it is, actually. I think I'll definitely play more of the campaign, even just to get that tank to drive around in that. Definitely. Awesome. Maybe we can like up sometime and, you know, play some campaign. Yeah, man. You can see what the agency did. Yeah, I'm up for that. So <laughs> I can see your tank when you get it. <laughs> Definitely. But that's pretty much what we have for Crackdown 3. So, you know, I hope everyone enjoyed this and it's been a fun episode. Um, As I said at the top of the show, the next podcast is going to be on Saturday. We're going to talk about State of Decay 2 again. The next stream you can possibly catch, I might stream Thursday night. I'm not sure what game yet, but I'm off on Thursday nights. I might do a stream then. And I do want to mention again that this could be the last Wednesday episode of the podcast because once the one-year anniversary hits, I'm going to be doing some restructuring. So uh, nothing bad. It's all going to be, you know, for the better and kind of, you know, trying to move the podcast along in a positive direction. So uh, hopefully the restructuring works out well. And I'm looking forward to sharing that all with you guys. I'm still working on it all. But... You know, that's uh, Crackdown 3 for us. So, Monty, if people want to find you and get in contact with you, how can they do so? Uh, they can do so on, uh, on Xbox, De- Epic Duck, um, no capitals, spaces between each word, D-E-H, space Epic, space Duck. Yeah, but they can find me there if they want. Um, I'm going to use this time to shamelessly plug my Instagram. For those of you that for have any interest in Warhammer, uh, come this year I've been doing uh, Instagram following all my painting, uh, and that's going well. So that's the Steel March, 
V underscore C underscore Mark. I've got a bunch of Iron Warriors stuff in there for 30k and 40k players. Um, I've also been covering a lot with my Age of Sigma armies as well, so anyone interested in that, go check it out. Uh, I'm also in the Discord. I'm not very active because I'm busy. Um, but I'm in there and you can find my profile, Hanzo Main, and you can PM me if you want to contact me as well. And in case anyone does want to check it out, is that Steel with S T E E L or E A L? Yes. S T E E L S T E L. Okay. I just want to make sure because there's two spellings for Steel, so I don't want people to get confused. Better safe Exactly. So that's S T E E L if you want to check out this Instagram. But if you want to contact me, you can do so via email, theblazexperience at gmail.com. You can contact me via Twitter or my Xbox Live, which is both going to be at Blaze Experience, capital B-L-A-I-S-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. You can find me on YouTube or Discord. Both of those links will be in the show notes. I will say that Discord, I check every day. YouTube, I only check maybe once a week, so... If you um, comment on YouTube, I will get back to you. Just it's not a platform that I use too often. But um, I will get back to you if you comment on there. And the podcast will be available on there. The podcast is also available on Stitcher. It's on Podbean, Blueberry, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and basically any directory you can think of for the most part. So check out those directories. And also in my Discord, I will have a direct download link. If you don't want to use an app, then you can just check my Discord. I will have a direct download link for you where you just click the link and it'll automatically download. So if you don't want to use an app, you can always download it that way. But I really appreciate uh, everyone listening. Mani, thank you for being here again. It's nice to have you back after a couple months. As always, thanks for having me. It's been wonderful. And thank you to the audience. You know, Leave us some feedback and let us know what you thought of the episode. So thank you very much for listening to The Blaze Experience. 